This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. we come to you today to celebrate who you are and who we are in you and through you. We pray that the service of worship will be a blessing to you and we pray that we will encounter you in a powerful way, that we may continue to walk in your victory. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
be with you. Please be seated. They're overjoyed and we can see it on their face, you can see it on their eyes. Some of them are receiving the gifts for the very first time. They feel so happy because they see things they have never seen. Through this shoebox, we want to tell a child that God loves you and He has created you. This is not you. We've been able to touch the lives of children all over the world to give them a gift and do it in Jesus' name. Through a very small thing, God is touching the world. For the rest of their lives, they remember that box. So many children in the world have no hope. And a simple box gives them that hope. From the shoebox to the greatest journey, this is the Great Commission. I am thankful that we are kicking off the shoebox ministry today. So throughout the next month, you'll see a lot of things about uh, the Operation Christmas Child, and you can pick up a brochure and start thinking about how you can pack a, a shoebox filled with it, it, little things for a gift for a child in another area of the world that generally does not get anything, and that expresses God's love, our love for them. But most importantly, it expresses the gospel message because with it, they also share the word of the Lord, and they build churches, and they build communities, and it's a wonderful outreach. So I'm thankful that this church participates in that. Um, I'm also thankful for the United Methodist women who did a, an incredible uh, rummage sale on Saturday. They worked their tails off getting rid of all your stuff, and, they, <laughs> and all of the money that they raised for that goes 100% toward missions and outreach again. And then the, we have two more outreach opportunities going back with the um, clipboards. The first is for fish fries. Fish fries are starting this Friday. They run for three weeks and we need all hands on deck for all kinds of different things with that. It's a lot of fun to participate in it and remember the most important thing about that is it's our invitation to the community to come in and experience our church in a non-threatening way and they experience the love of God through how we serve and treat one another and treat them. And a lot of people have said that the first time they ever started to coming to our church was through the fish fries. Wonderful opportunity for outreach. And the other one is for the fall festival that's coming up on the 26th. And that is a fall festival for families, lots of fun and games and, and party type of things um, with all the great stuff of the fall and none of the stuff that shouldn't be there. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, with Halloween. Yeah, we don't want to go there. So anyways, fall festival, lots of fun for families. So invite the community. It's a community outreach for that as well. So I'm thankful for all those things. The sun is shining. It's a long weekend and God is good. What is God doing in your life today? Judy. Amen. Negative test result. That's an excellent. Yeah, Mary. Uh, Niagara Falls First Church? Yes. An adventurous trip. <laughs> That's an adventurous trip to Old Forge. Very nice. Yeah. Pass the mic. Oh, 
Okay, so, so we'll pray for her. Yeah, does anyone else want to share what God is doing in their life? What are some wonderful things? Well, you know what? As we take up our offering this morning, it's an opportunity to express our love, our joy, our gratitude for who God is, what God is doing, and to recognize the incredible blessings in our lives. So as we take up our offering, take this time to reflect and say, thank you, God, for you are good. Let's take up our offering now. a place to lay its head so why would I let worry steal my breath even the roses you have clothed in brilliant red still I'm the one you love more than this you and pull at your command so you can still my heart with your hand you tell the seasons when it's time for them to turn so I will trust you even when it hurts
Lord, you do give us everything. You are our provider, our sustainer. You give us your abundance of joy and love and peace and so much more. And we give back to you a reflection of our gratitude, our commitment, a piece of what you've already given to us. And we pray that you'll bless these gifts to be a blessing to others, that they too may experience your abundance in their life. For it's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, let's, let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Oh God, you are good. You are mighty, powerful, victorious, and we come to you knowing that you love us and you said you would be there. If we call out to you, you will be there and you will give us your strength, your power, your victory. And so we call out to you today, lifting up our, our burdens, our fears, our concerns, Lord. We lift them up to you and place them in your hands trusting in you for all things. Fill us with your faith, Lord. Give us faith to trust, confidence to walk boldly. We pray for everyone who is struggling physically, the people named today and the people on our hearts that are, have not been named. But Lord, you know the healing that needs to happen and we offer them up to you and we ask that your hands be upon them, that they receive complete healing in the name of Jesus, that there be no more pain, no more disease, that you will walk them through complete restoration of their bodies. Lord, we pray for people who are grieving, people with heavy hearts. We pray that you will come and help them to experience your presence in this time. Wrap them in your loving arms, give them your comfort and your peace, and give them your hope. Help them to see you in the midst of struggles and to praise you in the storm. Lord, we pray for people who are struggling with decisions. There are people who are struggling with where to go and how to do it and, and just experience incredible confusion, Lord, and we pray that you'll bring clarity we pray for clarity and discernment and wisdom that they may walk and choose whatever you would have them do and nothing else. Open the doors that need to be opened. Close the doors that need to be closed. Make your path visible and plain and guide us all into your, into your way. Open our ears, Lord, to hear you speaking to us clear out the clutter of our minds and our hearts, that we may receive you and listen to you and follow you more boldly. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray that you will come and fill our families with your strength and your protection. We plead the blood over our families, that Jesus will cover us all and that there will be no attacks from the enemy that will come through because we are protected in your holy name. We pray that you'll fill our families with your grace and your mercy, that your holiness will thrive and our families will be strong in your word and in your love. Lord, we pray for this church, that this church will continue in ministry 
in a way that is exalting you, a way that pleases you. Lead us, Lord. Open up our eyes to see where we should go and direct our path. May this church be a blessing in this community, and may we all have an impact as a witness upon others. We lift up to you those on our hearts who have not yet accepted you. Lord, we pray that you will send people to them as you send your Holy Spirit, your provenient grace reaching out to them and witnesses bringing your word to them. May they experience your love and draw closer and accept you. We thank you, Lord, for the healing you're doing in every area of our lives, for the healing you're, you're doing in our souls, in our minds, in our hearts. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the grace that you give to us. The grace that you give as we know we have at sometimes failed. And so hear our prayer of confession. Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me. I repent. Lead me in your way. Lead me in your love. That I will walk in your blessing. Live in your abundance. And walk in your victory. Forgiven and free. In Jesus' name. Amen. You'll hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And this proves God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Good morning. Today's scripture is from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thomas, yeah? You made me angry. Oh, am I?
smash. Yeah, there's something about that that just kind of feeds into something deep down dark inside of us sometimes, doesn't it? When we feel like things have been done wrong to us and people haven't treated us right and we want to smash like all oh, right. How would you feel if you were this man? He's living out among the tombs because nobody wants to be around him. They try to chain him up, but he broke the chains like the Hulk. He cries out day and night, and nobody wants to be around him. It says that he's possessed by a demon. An evil spirit has come on him. God comes and gives redemption. Jesus comes and casts out the demons. And this morning we're going to talk about redemption from the powers of evil, redemption from the demons in our lives. Demons are something that some people think are not real. They're sort of a mythical thing. But they're real. The Bible talks about them 67 times. Here's one place it says, A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven, and the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. It says earlier in this chapter, one-third of the angels turned against God and were cast out of heaven. Can you imagine that? Cast out of heaven. That's a sort of a, 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 a something we read about in the Bible and we, we have a hard time comprehending, but, but think in terms of if we believe in a living God, if we believe in the Holy Spirit, if we believe in angels, we need to be aware that there are some that aren't good and they live here. In the 20th chapter of Revelation, it says where they're headed. They're headed to destruction. They're going to be thrown into a, a lake of burning sulfur and tormented day and night, And they know their destruction is coming. They're aware of this. And they want to take as many of us with them as possible. So we have this man who's walking among the dead. The living dead. As the demons are. And when Jesus comes to him, he says his name is Legion. Meaning that he had so many problems he couldn't count a legion in the Roman times was 5,000 soldiers. How many people have we met, maybe ourselves, who struggle with multiple problems, not one thing, but attacks that seem evil and broken and destructive? All sorts of things. Drugs and violence and pornography and hate, gambling and getting addicted to games or even shopping or even money or even work or even dare I say it, church. People become obsessed about things in life. Now, none of these things in and of themselves are evil. It's when the demons use them as their tools to destroy our lives, and they do. And they do. So we have people who are living among the dead. No joy, no love, no hope, no God. I want you to imagine a world with no God. Imagine if there were no Christians. Imagine if there was no one who was talking about love. Imagine if there was no one who was trying to to promote or encourage people to do something better. Imagine if the power of the Holy Spirit didn't exist. If you're just living like this poor man, 
in the midst of evil, where no one cares and it feels like every day is a struggle and a battle, then maybe you'd know what the Hulk feels like sometimes. Oh yeah, that's the problem. It's not just that they're, they're attacking the bad guys, <laughs> even their friends, bam. Because somehow when, when you start to feel this, it creates a real hurt and a pain. You see, we want to avoid people that are struggling with things like this. We want to avoid the demons. They kind of, they disturb us. Maybe they even frighten us. They're certainly sociably unacceptable. Night and day he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus came, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high? We don't want to be around people like that. They freak us out. They're not the way they're supposed to be in a nice restaurant. So we stick them away. It says that they chained him, hand and feet. Because that's what we figure we should do with people that are hurting or troubled or different or don't fit our box of what we call normal is lock them away, push them away, contain them, keep them from our lives. But unfortunately, this doesn't help. It just pushes them into the arms of the demonic. And the truth is, we push them over the edge of sanity. Now, For us, sometimes it feels good, believe it or not. We can say we don't have a problem as long as there's somebody who's got a worse problem than us, right? So long as we seem more healthy and we seem more contained and we seem more sane and we seem more moral, then that slab out in the hills and the tombs, then maybe we're okay. But we're not. We're struggling too. And just the very fact that we push them away demonstrates that we're falling victim to the same demons. In verse 14, it tells us how the people responded. They came to Jesus and Jesus, oh no, this is too far. 14, you got 14? I'll read it. I've got a book right here in front of me. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid. You'd think we'd be celebrating. They were afraid. Those who had seen it, well, I better read here because I'm getting confused. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus, get away from me. Leave this place. You see, because when the demons are cast out of the people who we have described and, and, and defined as dysfunctional, 
It messes up our system. We don't have anybody to blame and we have to start dealing with our own problems, our own struggles, our own demons, our own dysfunction. We don't like that. They should be rejoicing over this man that was healed. Instead, they're afraid. And they tell Jesus, go away. And the demons feed off fear. And I understand it. How would you feel if you were a pig farmer? Now, I know most of you are probably not pig farmers. But if you were a pig farmer and you just saw $4 million worth of pork go in the lake, you'd be like freaking out too. Jesus, I can't afford you. Did you follow? I, I, I think you're pretty cool, but I, go away. I can't afford you. You know, one of the reasons why we give to God is simply to prove that God is still God and not our money. That God's more important than even our money. But $4 million? Now we're pressing the distance here, aren't we? Jesus doesn't fit our worldview. He doesn't even care about money. He doesn't like bacon. What? We all know everything's better with bacon. See, demons kind of scare us. They're creepy. And when we see dysfunctional and dysfunction and evil, we do everything we can to distance ourselves from it. But God doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to step into it. When I was a pastor out in Wyoming County, I had several families, oddly enough, who were being physically abused every week. Every week. Mostly women. And I would enter into these situations and try to talk to these women about how this wasn't appropriate, this isn't what, what they should live in, this isn't the way they should be. Sometimes I'd talk to the gentlemen about it. They weren't gentlemen. And people would say to me, aren't you afraid that they're going to come after you? I see, we're afraid. I've discovered most men who abuse their wives really don't threaten men. It's kind of the way it works. They're dealing with a demon too. They're dealing with a struggle. They need to be talked to. They need to be loved. They need to be cared for. We need to step into it because we can re be redeemed from our fears. We can be redeemed from our brokenness. We can be redeemed for what holds us, what terrorizes us, what confuses us. Christians have the power over demons, over evil. They have the power of redemption. Verse 2 of this passage says, When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Nobody else came. The regular folk didn't show up, but the person who was troubled and struggled knew where healing was. He went to Jesus. Jesus said to him, What's your name? He said, My name is Legion. Because he had many demons. You know, the first step in healing is recognizing you have a problem, right? That's what I have to do. That's what AA does. I did that when I was a young man. I never had a problem with drinking every day, but boy, when I started drinking, I didn't stop until I woke up the next day wondering how I got there. Not a good thing, not a healthy thing, not a safe thing. I had to, I, I had to learn how to overcome that, and I overcame that through the power of God. But first I had to say, I got a problem here. Not somebody else's a problem. Not somebody else did this to me. Not, not, not the world caused this. Not my, 
family, not the pressures, not work. I have a problem. And then one of the other things we do is we change environments. Did you notice that the demons didn't want to leave that part of the country? Don't make us go somewhere else. Twice they pleaded that. Don't make us leave this spot. Demons like an unhealthy environment. We like a healthy one, amen? That's why we have churches. I don't know if you knew that. This is the place you come so that you can find some safe spot where you can feel that you're not surrounded by demons and brokenness and pain and destruction every day, right? We get enough of that. We get enough of that in in the world that we live in and the culture that we struggle through with all the angers and fears and, and, and temptations and stuff going on. We need a place where we don't have to do that. It's good to change environments. It's good to get a healthy community, a good place. This happened in a, in a region where God was not worshipped. The region of the Gerasenes was, was a Gentile community. It, it was a, a pagan community. They didn't know anything about God. So all they could do is what they had the ability to do. When people have troubles, oftentimes they'll say they need counseling. I think counseling is good, by the way. I'm trained as a therapist. I'm trained in several different ways as a therapist. I've counseled a lot of people, and it's good to talk out your problems. It's good to work it through with other people. Sometimes it's just a friend or a family member. Sometimes you need somebody professional. It's good. It's a healthy thing to find somebody that helps you walk through this stuff and talks to. But the problem with counseling is, is even though it's good... Often all it does is push it away for a little while. Because it's not a mental health issue. There are people with mental health conditions. They're made different. We call them dysfunctional, but really they're just made different. God made them. God made them the way they were made. And he made them for some reason. And we need to figure out how to embrace those differences, not push that away. I'm not talking about people that happen to be made in a different way. You will learn that as you embrace people like this, not only will they change, but so will you. But the difficulty is is sometimes we're not facing things like this. We're, We're not facing people who have stress. We're not facing people who have a neurological imbalance or something. We're facing the forces of evil itself. Ephesians says this, our struggle isn't with with people, it isn't with the powers and principalities of this world. We're struggling against Satan and the demons themselves. And against those, we need something more because, unfortunately, these, these, these methods that we have as human beings, at best, can only maybe empty out the problem for a little while. Matthew talks about how, how people... Matthew? There he is. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places, seeking rest, and it doesn't find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and they live there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. And this is how it will be with a wicked generation. The difficulty is is that sometimes we leave our lives empty and we're trying to fix things with powers that don't have power. We're turning to puny gods. This is what Hulk thinks of that. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. 
I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Puny god. I'm not looking for a puny God. I don't need a God that can do what I can do. I don't need a God that's only, only able to do a little bit. Yes, we're using superheroes in this series, not because we can trust in superheroes. We know they're just invented creatures. But we invent the same kind of creatures, and we tend to put our, our trust in things that are just invented, made up as if they have power. We need a God with real power. And God steps into our brokenness to redeem us. People struggling with demons, including you and I, who can be attacked by demons, need an infusion of the power of God. They're broken, they're hurt, they're disoriented. And they need something more powerful than what they're facing. And this is what 1 John tells us in chapter 4. You, dear children, are from God. You are from God. And you have overcome the demons because the one who is in you is greater than the ones in the world. Do you understand? You have nothing to fear. You are children of the living God. And he's not a puny God. The problem with that story from Matthew is that even though they had the ability to get the brokenness out, did you notice what happened? It came back worse than before. How many times have we seen that in life? Because the only way to keep out the brokenness is to make sure there's no way for it to get in us again. And to do that, we have to fill it up. You have to fill it up. I should have a jar here. You know, I used to do that as an illustration. I forgot that. Picture a jar. You can do this. You've got imagination. Picture a jar, and it, and, and, it, and it has nothing in it. You can pour water into it, and the water fills it up and creates a problem. Picture a jar, and it's filled with golf balls, and you pour the water in, and even though it has, it has something in it, it still can take in the evil. Now picture a jar, and it's filled with concrete. You try to pour the water in, and nothing goes in. And that's the jar filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the life filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. It's interesting because in this story, Jesus tells the man that he doesn't want him to come with him. In verse 18, he says to Jesus, as he was getting into the boat, he begged him to go with him. And Jesus wouldn't let him. But said, go to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Don't be afraid. We're not on the defense. We're not a people struggling against the demons. We are on the offense. The people of God are filled with the Holy Spirit. They have nothing to be afraid of. I've met demons. I've seen the brokenness in people, but I've actually had the demons speak to me, you know, like the stuff in the movies. I'm not afraid of them. They have no power except the power we give to them. In the name of Jesus Christ, the demons have no power in your life. In verse 
18 of 1 John, it goes on to say there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God calls you to be made perfect, filled with his love. And the love is God, and God is love. Did you ever notice David Banner never became the Hulk when people were being nice to him? Did you ever notice David Banner never became the Hulk when people were loving on him? Did you ever notice that the demon and the evil and the, and, and the trauma and the danger never happened in the face of love? We can live in victory. We don't have to be afraid. God is with us. God is with you. God has declared that evil has no presence in this place. The demons are cast out. Live as people who are free and filled with the power of the living God.
heard a story just this week, actually, about a man that used to be a, a prophet and evangelist called Smith Wigglesworth, and he lived a long time ago. And he said that when uh, one time in the middle of the night, he sensed that Satan was in his house. And so he decided to get up and check this out. And so he lit a candle, because it was before electricity. He lit a candle, and he's going through his house. And he said he got face-to-face. -face. Satan's right there. And he looked right at him and said, oh, it's only you. <laughs> Blew out that candle and went right back to bed. Because he had confidence in Jesus Christ, confidence in his victory. And so now, as the confident children of God, let's greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. to everyone. If you seek Jesus Christ in your life, you are welcome to celebrate the victory and hope of Jesus Christ at the table of grace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, Alpha and Omega, whose strong and loving arms encompass the universe. For with your eternal word and Holy Spirit, you are forever one God. Through your word, you created all things and called them good. And in you, we live and move and have our being. When we fell into sin, you did not desert us. You made covenant with your people Israel and spoke through prophets and teachers. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. And blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, who called you Abba. Father, as a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that would last and for a justice that would never fail. In Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus, who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks and said, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this often, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. As the grain and grapes once dispersed in the fields are now united on this table in bread and wine, so may we and all your people be gathered from every time and place into the unity of your eternal household and feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward?
know, primitive faith says that every problem and every evil and every struggle that we ever face is blamed on a demon. We've got real problems and real struggles and real life things that happen to all of us. We all deal with issues that are part of how we're made and part of the world we have to face and struggle through. But a primitive religion says there are no demons. There is no evil. And that just makes us open to all the dangers that the devil wants to do in our lives. So go out in the power of God and cast out that evil. And don't let that anywhere near you. we got enough problems of our own not to deal with their problems as well. Amen? Amen. And so we've got a God who's not a puny God. We've got a great God. And he intends to put a cover of protection over you. In the name of Jesus Christ, all demons are cast out of your life. Now go and live as free children of God, the way he designed you. Not afraid of anything. If the devil shows up, just blow him away. Go and... 